Hello everyone and welcome to the Rawcast. This uh, this wonderful week that we beat Central Coast 1-0 and of course the date today is the 12th of November 2013. My name's Chad Friend. On my left I'm joined by Adam Coleman. Good evening. On my right I'm joined by Dave Stewart. Back hey again. He's back. Yeah, I'm back. Fully fit. I'm feeling, I'm feeling better. Thanks guys. Got, for got, got the say. cold back in your cheeks. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, thank you for all the uh, flowers and the postcards and all the messages of concern. Yeah, the missus took them all. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Moving on. Uh, very rapidly. Um, yes, I guess we won one nil as was 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 tabled in mm. the in the introduction. Yeah. Uh, one nil against Central Coast Mariners away um, at Blue Tongue. Something that we historically have been surprisingly good at beating mm. them, um, especially considering their form across the, the, the entire competition. I mean, you're struggling to find a more consistent team than Central Coast. That's true. We got the biscuits. Um, and, and we have those biscuits firmly in our pockets. Yeah. Um, they taste good. And we have those biscuits sitting right at the top of the table. Yeah, yeah. Where no one can reach and grab it. It's very good. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, let's start off with you. Um, what was your highlight of the match, considering that we didn't score until the 88th minute? Mm. What, what stood out to you? Name something that wasn't the goal. I was going to say, because that goal was a cracker, wasn't it? It was good. It was, it was good. We'll talk about um, that in a minute. Look, I won't say there's a particular moment in, uh, that kind of stood out. I think um, our general play in the second half especially, the dominance that we had in that second half was the highlight for me. Mm. At no real point in the second half did Central Coast really um, have all that much of the ball, have all yeah. that much of the attack. And we almost camped in the... Yeah, in their half of the field for the entire for the entire second yep. half. So, I think that was probably the key for me. Um, the only concern being the twenty to thirty minutes at the start, where we seemed to be struggling a little bit to get going. But after that, we seemed to be just in cruise control and just dominating sides, which is fantastic to see. Yeah, absolutely. What about your uh, highlight of the game, Adam? Um, well, for me. Um well, I certainly felt the way that we played was very reminiscent of how we were against Melbourne Victory two weeks previous. Mm-hmm. Just the way in which we just seemed to absorb that defensive pressure, really hold the midfield and try to push up where we can. Given that we had a weakened, a heavily weakened squad, was um, yeah for me it was all about the way that we absorbed Central Coast. They've got a very good team. They do very well at Blue Tongue Stadium. Um, the first game back of McBreen, I was really interested to see how McBreen and Flores were going to work as a one-two punch. And in the end, the fact that we were able to get Flores subbed off with a quarter of an hour to go said to me that, that our defenders did their job. Um, again, much like the victory game, it had that feeling of a potential nil-all draw. But just for your bower to come on and, and really just smack that shot home, a very confident strike... Um, obviously it made the difference and hopefully for his career will be the start of something a bit bigger. Yeah, there you go. Um, I guess, uh, I don't know, it's it's a game, it's a hard to, a game to talk about because you've pretty much summed up the entire game there. It mm. was a tussle, it was very reminiscent of the Melbourne victory game. Mm. Um, for that first half, it certainly felt like it was on a knife edge. You could see us certainly losing that 1-0. Mm. Um, over to your point, the fact that 
uh, we we really started to take control in the second period, that's when we started to feel more confident. And come that 70th, let's say, 75th minute, where we really just started to line it up and go bang, 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 shot after shot after shot. Um, and, and, and it was inevitable. But it, it still felt like... Perhaps it wasn't. You well, know. let me ask you, just on that point then, we obviously only had one substitute in the game. Yeah. We only made one, and that was in the 87th minute. So yep. very, very late substitution. As you were saying, as you were going along, you, can't, you were starting to dominate even more, but you kind of felt like it maybe wasn't going to come. Yeah. Do you think an, an earlier injection of fresh blood or fresh legs could have maybe sped up the process and, and, and seen us finish the job a bit earlier. I think hindsight's twenty twenty, and I I can't... I mean, yeah, but what happened if, you know, Enrique still had some legs in him, and what if he did score, you know, mm. there? Or what if, what if, what if Yeboah kind of crumbled under, you know, and an extra... I mean, the way... Yeah. To put it this way, the way that I think about it, Yeboah's come on with, like, three minutes left, he's like, whatever, you know, who cares? Go out there, have a dig, crack it, smack it, you know, that's mm. that's it. He doesn't have to be too concerned about his, his technique not or all his that play much and things like that. Yeah, yep. not a big deal. He's not going to get blamed for a for a, for a nil-all draw or a one-nil mm. loss um, mm. because he's, you know, come on in the last minute or two. Mm. Um, so he might, might as well have had a dig. I don't know. It's a theoretical. It's a, mm. it's a hard one to get to. Well, actually, well, I'll sort of roll with yours. I, I was surprised your bowl wasn't brought on earlier. I definitely mm. feel with that 10 to 15 minutes to go, especially with Flores being subbed off in the 77th, you could see with the two subs that Central <coughs> Coast made, they were definitely... Oh, it's hard to say what result they were trying to engineer because you take off Fitzgerald and <laughs> yeah. Flores, both two great attacking guys, but then Simon and Sajowski aren't hacks either. They're experienced guys who can put away goals, who can you can get a lot of valuable uh, minutes out of them. So then for us to maybe just wait just that little bit longer, there's no doubt I think Mulvey was pressing for the win, certainly because the way Central Coast were going, they were going for the win as well, and there was going to be weaknesses to be found. Um, but it's just strange with only a few minutes left to sort of say, well, you know, maybe Enrique, look, you've done all you can. Let's just throw a wild card out there and see what we get. I still would have preferred to see Yeboa perhaps come on as soon as Mariners swap Flores off for Simon. Mm. I think if they're bringing on a forward and, and reducing their That's midfield dominance, yeah, yeah. given the way that we were with possession, I think I would have around at the same time that Flores is coming off, I would have brought on Yeboah. Mm. So um, it was a very oddly placed sub, because if you're chasing a win, nil all in the 87th minute... You'd want to give him more time, wouldn't you? And especially sure. putting a lot of pressure on the one player, because at that point, Enrico was leading the attack, and to sort of say to Kwame, oh, well, you know, can you get us three points? Mm. No pressure. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I just want to go back and talking about the the point that you just made. What Central Coast were hoping to gain by going into that and and playing the way that they did. Mm. Um, it was a very defensively minded um, Central Coast. A very react, not necessarily defensively minded, but very a reactive. Ver- a very ca- a very counter attackish side. Yeah, very. They very... really tried to unlock Flores as often as they could. Very, very reactive, and it seems like they were playing to Brisbane rather than their own game, um, which ultimately was their downfall. Mm. Um, 
And I want to bring up a player, um, funnily enough, actually, an ex-Raw player who played in the game on the weekend, who for 87 minutes, uh, much to my chagrin, had a pretty good game uh, in in Liam Reddy. Mm. Um, what yeah. did you make of that? He man the match, to be honest. Yeah, if, if, you, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you looked at all the players across the pitch, not just the raw players, yeah, he was man of the match by far. Yeah, um, I don't know if he uh, if he got man of the match for the Alex Tobin Award at the end of the game or not, but he pulled out some incredibly good saves. Oh my word! You, you could see that he was almost like he was playing for his career, and you know he's had his chance. Yeah, he was. Passfield's stuffed up. He's got his chance to really kind of show that he can still keep at that level, and he's just. He's pulled out some amazing saves. It's funny how Central Coast, um, I think of kind of two moments mm. um, in the A-League in the last few years, or probably just in the A-League full stop. You guys can probably uh, cite some other examples if I've missed any notable ones. But in terms of goalkeepers' make-or-break times, I think of, uh, to a lesser extent, this example here, but Redmayne taking over from, was it Birigetti? At half? No, no, Bolton. Bolton, Bolton, Bolton yeah. not Birigetti. Yeah. And, and you know, Bolton had a bit of a, a crabby game and, and Redman came in and he had a pretty solid kind of game. Yeah, for the back half of the season. For the, for the for back, the back, back half, season. yeah. There was, but it was that game, you know, the, the initial one where he, you know, came over and, and, and that's what kind of sealed Bolton's fate and, yeah. and kind of what cemented Redman's. The other example I want to cite was the very previous... Central Coast goal um, keeping partnership with Matt Ryan, yep. um, who who I believe got his start through a was it a red card to who was Central Coast keeper when they took over when was Matt it Ryan Pastel? Was Passfield there earlier? Passfield came in from North Queensland Fury. I keep thinking Paul Henderson, but I don't think that's correct. I think Henderson. But it might have been, but something happened, and Matt Ryan impressed anyway immensely. That's, that's a question for the yeah. viewers. Uh, <laughs> who did Matt Ryan replace at Central Coast when he got started? No, he was, was it maybe when Vukovic went to Perth? Maybe it was Vukovic. I think it was. Yeah. Vukovic went to Perth. I'm pretty and sure Ryan Matt got Ryan, the chance to step I'm pretty up. sure Matt Ryan came in for an injury or a, or a red card. Yeah. yeah. I think he was still second gear, but he just impressed so much. Yeah. The other one that. Um, in that sort of same vein, is a lot earlier days, and you wouldn't even hear about him not being a starting keeper now. It's Glakovic. He mm-hmm. was actually at victory for the very first season. Yeah. Moved over to Adelaide, got his start, and yeah, World Cup third string keeper in, in the meantime. Thank yeah. you very much. He, he made the most of that move. Now, I tell you what, this is the raw cast, and so this is kind of, he's going to link into <laughs> what we're, we're going to talk about in just a few moments. I guess there's not really much else to say about that game particularly. Yeah. So I just want well, to bring look up. at the goal a bit later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, well, why don't we have a look at the goal now? This okay, is Kwame Yaboa um, with the goal um, in the 87. Press the minute. play button. There you go. Ooh. All right. Yeah, well, that was pretty interesting. Decent hit. That Just was smacked it home. That was it was a quality goal. It was a quality goal. And it was good to see someone like him smack a shot like that. Like mm. obviously we have these more constructed shots, and maybe back in the days of Halloran and Nichols, you'd see them. They'd be running on that right wing, get a shot, and before you know it, it'd be in the second tier of Suncorp. Exactly. So for him to have that technique was very good. Absolutely. But what I wanted to talk about before is that at the corner of my eye, I saw a list of raw players whose contracts ended this season and compared to other places especially compared to Sydney FC we're very stable we're very stable Mm. 
But Matt Acton was in there. What yeah. do you think about uh, our reserve keeper who has never played a senior match for Brisbane? Obviously, it's pretty hard to. Mm. What do you think? Do, do you think he should be re-signed, or do you see other promising keepers it's, that we should maybe be re-signed? It's hard to say, really, two? isn't it? It's hard to say, because it depends on how much he's really going to cost. If he's going to be sitting there saying, you know what, I know I'm a reserve keeper, but I want an improved contract to stay here, mm. um, then you say, well... Maybe not because you haven't shown really what you can do at that senior level. He hasn't had the need to. Yeah. He's been too good. Well, keep in mind he's been playing all those games pretty much at the youth level. Mm. So he's been playing full seasons there. It's a little bit different though, going from youth level to, yeah, to, to senior, senior level. So it's it's a funny one because you think, well, okay, we know you can play at youth level. You know you've got this amount of skill, and you've probably progressed so much under Theo and the tutelage of the, the goalkeeping coaches and whatnot. But you know, we need to really keep you at the same amount for a salary cap reasons, but also you, you don't know if he's worth an increased contract. So saying you that, look elsewhere as well. And saying that as well, you'd like to think because he is training with the senior squad, he does get that exposure to, frankly, the best attacking lineup in the league. Yeah. And if he impresses enough at training against, you know, guys, the best attacking team in the country mm. um, how can you how can you deny well you're the red man as well he was in the same boat yeah Went but red man was unlucky yeah exactly but very red unlucky man, red man was unlucky, unlucky. No, I mean mm. if it had been anyone else not Michael Theo and yeah. and who when we just went on a, a fantastic run you know well, he, red did, man, he did sign as the number one keeper at the time exactly and Theo came yeah. along and so I'm number two all of a sudden yeah, yeah. but yeah. um so it's one of those things. I tell you what, moving on. Uh, let's talk about the news. Um, the first thing I want to get to in the news is with the W League. The W League kicked off their campaign, as we talked about last week. Uh, unfortunately, it was to a 3-0 loss to Canberra United. Uh, Lindsay in the 8th minute and Heyman in the 38th and 49th minute put the nails into the BRFC W League coffin. And to the um, debut of uh, European Player of the Year. Yes, yes, Nadine, yes. Nadine Andrew. Andrew. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, so congratulations on your first senior cap, Nadine, for the Brisbane Raw. Um, commiserations, though. How, how, how good would you be feeling if you were Heyman and you just put put that past uh, Nadine Andrew? I didn't see the match. Mm, and neither did I. I, I didn't, didn't see it either. Yeah. Out, so. I, I imagine she'd be stoked. I mean, she, Heyman's a, a quality striker yeah, in yeah. the first place. She yeah, she, been... she's a Matilda stalwart, and yeah. she's been fantastic with Canberra in previous years. Like when they won the title, I think she scored the goals in the grand final. Yeah, she is Canberra United. Always been up there in goals, on the golden boot listing. So, yep. Yep. She's, yeah, she'd be stoked to be scoring a couple of goals. She probably wasn't thinking too much about the goalkeeper at the time, but... Uh, Andrew, I'm sure, is probably not too happy with the... I don't think it plays on your mind. I think there's potential it would be, because, I mean, you think about young defenders who probably face off against uh, Alessandro Del Piero. I mean, they know who they're marking. Mm. Like, that's a thing. And Mm. those strikers know who they're facing. Yeah. You know, and if anything, you could probably argue that it's in the women's game that the form that Nadine Andrew is in, or who she is right now, is far greater than Alessandro Del Piero. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, National Youth League, uh, Brisbane Raw 3 defeated WSW 1 uh, with a goal to Brady in the 23rd minute, Ingham in the 34th and the 84th, um, and a very, very late fight back from WSW. I shouldn't say fight back, more like consolation. In the, uh, in the 90th, plus 2, um, by Da Cunha. Mm. There you go. And that was down at Marconi Stadium, home of the former Stallions. 
Mark Carney, yeah. Yeah. Days. Is that where WSW play their youth? I think, I think they're rotating travel? around their youth games. I'm not too sure. I, yeah. I, I don't really care for the Wanderers that yeah. much. APS, things like that. Mm. Yep, cool. There you go. Um, and I guess on the other news as well, um, this is more of a discussion. Um, just coming into to something that I said <sighs> last week. Which a throwaway was, line. A throwaway line about weeding out the passengers. Um, yeah, yeah. Shall, shall we just throw the grenade? Yeah, there? there you go. That that went down yeah. well. Um, but no, no it was... Was, but was said, be, I like this. Yeah. I like the fact that people listen to my throwaway lines and say, yeah. oh, hold on, Chad, that's a load yeah. of crap, um, you know, and have said this. So I guess um, just to have a very, very brief discussion on kind of the the capo versus uh, organic support um, in the den. Yeah, well, obviously, that whole weeding out the passengers ended up kind of getting a few people saying, you know what, I'm not a fan of the capo. Uh, leading the den, I think we should be more organic and and kind of let chance start themselves, like which to be like fair, the den used to be. And I'll also just interject here, which to be fair is actually the first time I've ever actually heard criticism of it. Not to say that it's wrong, mm-hmm. but this that's is right. the first time I've ever heard someone say, "Oh, you know, actually not that great." Yeah, but yeah. And, and that and that's fine. You know, each to their own, and that sort of goes. <clears throat> um, I, on a personal note, I actually think the way it's structured at the moment. Uh, it can be improved, but I think the capo being having a leader at the front to guide the rest of the bay and even surrounding bays um, works in the sense that you can get as much of the bay on one page as possible, as opposed to you know one group of people starting a song, which then takes a while to catch mm. on. You've got one person saying. Or seeing this, or taking cues from other parts of the bay to yeah. sing. It's whatever. such a, a a branching of kind of traditional styles, isn't it, Adam? Mm. I mean, we've yeah. seen the Dan kind of grow from that English style of support with ad lib, um, you yeah. know, support through to through to the more continental Italian, um, yeah, Eastern European style of mm. uh, of of capo led um, uh, active support. What do you think about it? Um, well, it was a very interesting sort of aspect for me. I mean, I'll sort of put my, my cap on here. Like, I'm a member of the DEN leadership group. So, obviously, we're the ones that, that decided that we were going to try the capo last year. But then also, with my sort of travelling football experience, like I've, I've had the chance to go overseas and see different types of football supporter culture. Like, I've done England, United States and Japan. and I And, that, and that's where it's interesting where I try to sort of look at where we're placed and what we can learn from these styles. So if I think of a capo, now capos are very popular in Japan and they're starting to become very popular in the US. I think when you're talking about new leagues, when you're talking about supporting of a team being probably in its first generation, the notion of it being organic, I think, is noble, but it you can't wait forever. You know, we can't just say, oh, well, let's wait another 10 to 15 years and see where we're at. But that's the other thing as well about what people actually expect to get from it. Mm. I mean, a lot of people don't want to be the loudest um, home end in the league. A lot of people want to go to the football, have a few beers, yeah. and and have the, the occasional kind of thing. They don't want to be in a... In a thing, and it's about managing the, the the kind of the expectations of everyone. I'll just leave that there. But it's it's interesting. Football around the world is very different because in Belgium, um, when I was there, it was uh, it was very English in its manner, and England is funnily enough English in its mannerisms. <laughs> but just to to bring in a little side note there, Crystal Palace. 
Um, and Celtic, uh, actually, let me take that back. Not so much Celtic. Celtic is starting to get more of an ultra scene. Um, but Crystal Palace is starting to do more organised Carpo kind of stuff. Yeah. And if you listen at Selhurst Park in the Premier League, um, the noise that comes from Selhurst Park blows out of the water. Some other grounds of a similar most size, other, yeah. Most other, of, of a larger size. Mm. I mean, I think back to, to matches in the Premier League and non-Premier League that I've attended in England and and it's a pretty drab kind of affair. I mean, there's a lot of yelling. Like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of yelling, but there's not necessarily singing or yeah. a group effort. But, but we can't. That's what I thought yeah. from, from my travels. But we there. can't. We can't. We can't knock that either because again, um, it's 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 having a beer. It's having a good time. It's watching the game. It's yeah. not being you know all into that. Activity. But you'd have, to, you'd have to think just on that side of things, and the the people that are wanting to do the uh, maybe the more organic version is probably the best way to describe that. Um, version of that you know, is there a way to facilitate that um, as a part of the den whether it be uh, in amongst the den itself uh, in, in 332 I should say or uh, in 331 or 333 um, so that not to segregate I'm not trying to segregate in, in this suggestion but is there a way to, to give them their own space so that they can do that without the capo uh, influence affecting their style of support. And I would probably say yes and no, because I sit right behind the Northern Element, Mm. um, who do still do that, and Mm. very rarely take direction from the Carpo. And it it works, and it kind of doesn't. I mean, when it goes quiet, they're great, because they'll pipe up. Um, But in saying that, they if they got behind the Carpo, Mm. then I'm sure you'd have a lot more people standing and singing. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, one thing I was just going to add to it, the simple reality is with modern sports, much like most other modern entertainment things, is that entertainment, by its very nature nowadays, is still a passive activity, but obviously there are ways in which people are trying to make it more active. So, for example, um, there's nothing wrong in going to see a movie in a cinema, but if you can go to a movie where, you know, it's a full house and everyone's laughing and getting into it, or, for example, if you compare, like, a cult movie that you just sit and watch at home, or the ones where they make it an event where maybe you sing the lyrics on the screen. Um, The simple reality is, is that at most sporting stadiums around the world, passive support is the majority. That's just how people absorb the sporting event. They simply walk Mm. into a seat and simply... It's not to say that, that they don't listen to what's happening around the stadium... But for them, their focus is what's on that field. So that's why I sort of found myself, you know, looking at it from the viewpoint of those people who think that, you know, maybe the, the atmosphere, you know, isn't, isn't natural. But then I sort of take it back to an idea that we live in an era of sports entertainment. That was one of the points I sort of find myself writing down after reading the various sort of conjectures. Um, there's nothing wrong in going to local grounds or watching whatever sport it might be on television and simply watching it for the sport. But there's also that market as well that if your event can have an entertaining aspect to it, that it can be something more than simply what's happening on that field, that it provides a a, a layer, a richness to it. And that's certainly one thing that that, that we want to do. I mean, that's the thing. It's a voluntary thing. Um, Another thing I sort of thought as well is, you know, the people that are... I think it also comes down to maybe whether you're from Brisbane or you're not. And and this is going to cause a bit of conjecture, so I'll explain this very carefully. 
I myself being born in Brisbane, raised in Brisbane all my life, for me being in the den, supporting my team very passionately is, is, is understandable to me. Now, by the same notion, obviously we do have people that weren't born in Brisbane, maybe not even born in Australia, who for them maybe they enjoy coming to Brisbane Raw games. And again, I can certainly understand why they think that the den is a distraction. Um, that's not to say that I'm going to say to them, well, you're not a Brisbane fan. Uh, the very the simple thing is that being a, being a supporter at its very base really is simply going to the stadium and watching the team. Anything that happens after that is a bonus. I'll tell you what, so, and I'd like to interject there, and I would just like to say this as well. I actually met... Uh, I'll have the final word on this. The, I actually met some, uh, some, 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 some English um, people who were, were fans of Newcastle United, and I just randomly talked to them in the pub. Yep. Um, and... And they had bought, you know, den tickets yep. and and things like that. Um, <clears throat> this was maybe one or two seasons ago, mm-hmm. and it. This is going to sound really stupid, but it nearly came to blows mm. because they they kind of you know said to me it was after a massive night. I think it might have been against Victory or something like that. Yeah. And I've gone into this pub and they've kind of said, "Oh, you know, we're at this wedding and that." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. It's cool. It's cool." And they're like, they kind of said, "Oh, you know, who won?" And I'm like, "What? What do you mean who won? Like Brisbane won? Mm. But how did you not know that? Like." How does somebody sit in the den who actively supports it and seeks out... You, for my opinion, you should be seeking out information. If you're sitting in the den, you are the hardcore element. How do you not know that? That's what kind of my first um, thing was. And I was like, what are you doing sitting in the den then? And they kind of said, well, we like the, we like the atmosphere there and things like that. And I'm like, well, that's well and good, but you're not really contributing to it, are you? You know, you're just... You're just taking from it. Anyway, that's a little side note. And yeah. that got, they got messy later on. <laughs> I tell you what. Mo- moving on, yeah. moving on, moving on. But moving keeping on. in mind with the English support, we're coming out of the era of the Taylor Report where where what was once a very passionate fan base suddenly got labelled as hooliganish. And suddenly, you know, you watch games nowadays and, you know... there's it's very the, controlled. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can still have very loud atmospheres, but there's that mm. feeling of if someone's trying to lead something... There's that whole, you know, disreputable lay. You can still have a very loud, raucous cheer. Um, but, yeah, sort of the old ideas of, like, the chanting and singing maybe have been removed since the old days. Mm. And i tell you what the other thing is. And, and that's well, why maybe for current generations, is that Brisbane they're used to being it. a very, very multicultural city and also adding the fact that if we look back at it, Brisbane Raw is a Dutch club, mm. you know, we... In origin, yeah. In, in origins. And, I mean, you think about, you know, you think about the richest clubs in BPL and things like that. We have Greeks and we have Italians and we have Dutch, things like that. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of English influence. As far as club well, ownership, it, you no, mean? Well, I mean, as far as demographic identity. and things like that. I mean, yeah. you think about the people who, who were really interested in football in Brisbane and who now, you know, maybe go along and support it. They're probably of an origin, a lot of them, who are used to carpos mm. who are who are used to mm. this kind of active style of what I would probably call Whether Southern being, European support. Whether yeah. being involved in it or seeing it. Yeah, as, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's it's a bit weird as well because you're getting more English move to Brisbane now, whereas traditionally well, it was, just it was that, particularly after World War Two. Just I think yeah. you're underestimating the 
the size of the English community and the, even the Kiwi community yeah, 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 who yeah, wouldn't yeah. really kind of be they're probably more into a sense of an Australian sort of historical background in terms of that sort of atmosphere yeah. or, or crowd participation yeah. the, the portion of, um, of the community that are uh, that are used to that sort of start, I think, are much smaller than, say, the English or the. I would or, agree or with say that. Kiwi, yeah. I would agree with which, that. Which I think is where some of that resistance comes exactly. from. Exactly. I would agree with that totally. And just to have the absolute last thing, because we really need to move on, yeah. uh, that. Absolutely, but you look at the people who are the traditional stakeholders of football in, in, in Queensland for the last. 40, 50, 60 years. You've got a year-long watch. Yeah, yeah I know. Nice. <laughs> um, and, they, and, they, and they are people who, mm. who are Brisbane City, who are Brisbane Olympic, who are Hollandia Nala, who yeah. are... Europeans who, who aren't who are, English. Yeah, Europeans who aren't English. Anyway, interesting discussion. There's no right or wrong. There's just a... Well, I mean, everyone evol- jump on our Facebook page as well. Tell us what you I, think about our discussion. It was a great discussion that we saw on the Facebook page as well, so contribute if you've got anything mm. else you want. Now, we actually need to move on kind of rapidly so what I would yeah. say is this. The next game is Newcastle Jets at Hunter Stadium. 4pm kickoff. That's Brisbane time. Um, that's 5pm in Newcastle. Yeah, you, guys on the be, you guys will be traveling. We'll be yeah. there. If you're coming, hit us up on the Facebook. We're all going to be having a grand time. Um, you will all be having a great time. I'll be... Uh... I'll be in the pub. You'll be you'll be sitting you'll be having a grand time at the. You'll farm. be having three dollar drinks, so don't complain yeah, to me. Fun. I tell you what, moving on. Let's go to the rawcast reaction that we asked next week. I just want to read out a few kind Skip of over uh, that game. Uh, yes. <laughs> Whatever, that's next week. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, it's a short thing. We're we gonna we're gonna do Newcastle and right, crap. Okay. Um, the rawcast reaction. Okay, so will best go to Sydney, and what's your thoughts, and how should we replace him, and things like that. Some really good uh, things here. Uh, one comment I want to bring up: Rob Royal, um, or I should say Adam flagged as well as well as I saw. Mm. Uh, Rob Royal, slippery fish. If he doesn't improve, this is to to get transferred. Steph retires, frees up money to keep uh, the combination that is working well. I'm Rob Royal. Um, the slippery fish, if he doesn't improve, exactly what is it that you would like to see Enrique it's do? A bit of a call, from, isn't it, since he's been playing extremely well at the start been, of the season? You know, banging in goals for fun. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing, he started well, but now we need to see if he can maintain that form. Well, that's it. That's yep. it. And he needs to prove himself as a good second striker option. Um, the re- you have to wonder, though, how many opportunities he's going to have when, I mean, uh, unless Bess is out for the majority of the season, how many opportunities he's going to sh- have to show that he can maintain that form in that position. Mm. So and, it, it's a and, tricky and one. And if he suddenly becomes a, perhaps a local player, maybe there might be a value in letting him mm. go, free up that import spot to bring a higher quality well, if he becomes in. a local, you'd so think they'd retain him because he might be better than what there's already out there, but he's not an import player anymore. So... Mm. It's it's tricky with really Maddie Mackay as well because Maddie Mackay has still got plenty of run in his legs. Same mm-hmm. with with uh, Bruch. Um, I guess kind of just talking about more about the Royal Cast reaction. The general consensus is that nobody thinks Bess will go to Sydney, and just just FYI, I don't think he's going to go to Sydney. Um, to quote Jason Moses, "No chance in hell he'll go to Sydney." Nothing that pretty much sums yeah. up the consensus. Yeah, there you go. He sure he knows his cold figure. Yeah, I mean, all of these, all of these things. Um, I will point out that there is one thing that I out of that uh, reaction, if I yeah. use the term, um, that caught my eye, and that was from uh, regular contributor Warwick Betts. Um, he's mentioned that I'd be cutting some of the younger players who haven't seen as much match time as they should have. 
like Julius Doe, and then he's put in brackets, who is rumoured to be leaving soon anyway to Europe. Now, okay, cutting some of the younger players to accommodate... Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to accommodate some of the, uh, you know, the expensive... Uh, I'll say Bess, uh, should he get an improved contract. Uh, double-edged sword there. Um, you lose younger players, but you have to sign younger players as well to keep up with the 20 minimum. Yeah. So it's a bit hard, if you, especially if it's on a minimum wage anyway, for example. The big thing there is, though, rumoured to be leaving soon to Europe. I, I haven't heard anything. Um, yeah, I'm curious as to what that's about. I'd, so. I'd really, really like to know where... Where that rumors come from? Yeah, Visse maybe, maybe Visse, maybe Visse, but well, it's, yeah, it's well, a bit it of makes a... sense. He could be like a Danning replacement. It's a really <laughs> no, seriously. I'm like, yeah, I know, well, I know, I'm I'm I know. Like... It sounds like a horrible. No, person. no, no, no I'm yeah. not. I'm, yeah, I'm laughing because it's plausible. Yeah. you know, it's like, but it's so left field. I mean, I mean, I'd love to know where where Warwick's heard this, and if it is accurate, then you've got a. A Rawcast exclusive, thanks, Warwick. There you go. If anyone um, else has heard anything, hit us up about that. Um, unfortunately, we have left it late, so there's probably not a whole lot to talk more about that. The general consensus is, is I mean, you can read everyone's things. And this is the thing. Not only do you, do we want you to come and listen to us, we want to foster a community on the Facebook page mm. and around this kind of thing. Mm. So, you know, read other people's reactions. You know, it's thought-provoking. Have a bit of a think about it. Thank you to all of our, all of our um, contributors as well, Xavier Chadwick, Jason Moses, Rob Royal, Patrick Lindsay, Warwick Betts, Caleb Shepard. Shepard. There's a lot more of you that we probably didn't include. Um, Exactly right. And, you know, ask us a question. You know, it doesn't have to be the Rawcast reaction. Ask anyone else a question. Hey, what does everyone else think about... Yeah, great. I guess, kind of moving on, let's hit up the Quick Fire Five. This is your segment now. We're not going to look at the Newcastle game? No, we'll talk about the Newcastle game later. Well, like, what, after we stop filming? Yeah. We'll change this show up. All right, Quick Fire Five time then. First one from Adam Major. Thanks, Adam, for this one. It's a very, very quick one. And keep this one short, guys. This, we need, this we need is the, the proper quick five, five. Is Jabal the new super sub? Adam? Absolutely. Chad? No. Me? No. You need to prove more. Um, Xavier <laughs> Chadwick, <laughs> with Mulvey not making any change to the 85th minute, do you think this indicates a faith in the starting 11 or is lacking confidence in the untested members of the bench in high stakes circumstances? So, basic word faith in the starting 11 or lack of confidence? Chad? Um. I have no idea. I I don't know why Mulvey... Mulvey has a thing with doing this. He did it last Quick. time in the... <laughs> he did the it in Ram. In Ram. Don't talk about Ram. <laughs> um... You know, and he didn't make any subs. It's just Mulvey style. I don't think it proves anything about anything. I think it's just Mulvey being cool. Mulvey. Adam. Lack of confidence. I, th- I, th- I, think, I think there is concerns about our bench and with injuries we're a bit weak. So he, he would much rather have the strongest team for as long as you can. I'd have and to take agree, that risk. given the youth of the bench, given the inexperience of the bench. Yeah. I agree with that one. Mm. Yeah. All right, number three. Uh, now, this is kind of a combination of a, a number of people's uh, questions. Um, so I'm going to kind of combine it all here. Corey Brown, is he a fullback, wingback, or a winger? And who starts when Stefanito comes back? Adam. I see Corey Brown. Ultimately, he has to be a fullback. Because he is the Stefanudo succession plan. Cool. Then who starts when Steph comes back from injury? Stefanudo starts and I would push Corey up the left wing. I think there's value in that pairing on the left-hand side. But Steph still has experience in a defensive... So just, a, just as a slight slant off there, mate, this one very quick. Where does Bush go? 
Ooh. So you go inside? I'd say stick more central. Stick in the central corridor. Like, maybe he can push a little bit left and then team with Corey on that left so, flank in the final third. So who misses out on yours? If, if Brown is retained, then who misses out? Are we talking for the squad or just for this game? For starting 11. In general, if that's what you're looking to do, if that's what you think will I, I would I would look to have Chef as, Steph as the left back and Corey's left wing. Then when Bruce goes and, in and, the middle, who misses out in the middle? Ooh... We've gone from the left Miller, back to... Are you going to actually let Miller? Actually, I could, yeah, I think if Miller's not back at full strength, I could definitely see putting Miller on the bench. There you go. Right. Okay, Chad, so we'll go back to the original question. Full back, yeah, wing yeah, back, yeah, yeah. Starts. Uh, Full back, but we play a pretty kind of raw Salona style, so it's all total football, isn't it? You know, I mean, look at Fran. So who starts when Steph comes back? Oh, I don't know. Steph should. I think Brown should be retained back into the bench. I think Steph's only got a year in him left. I think he just needs to bide his time. Everything you just said is exactly what I think as well. He's fullback. Steph will start again, but I think it'll be more of a transition throughout the season. Yep. Um, number four from Jason Moses. Uh, we're taking 20 to 30 minutes to get going in games. What do you make of this? Very quickly, chat. Um, typical Brisbane Raw style, exactly like the Geelong Football Club in AFL and, and numerous other examples. Some teams just have a style, and ours isn't to get started till late. It was our problem last season and the season before and the season before. We come home like crazy dogs on crack. Mm. But... We can't start, and that's (laughs) that's that's why that's why we get so many goals banged in against us in the first twenty. I mean, you think about that ripper of a comeback with Adnan and and Mitch off to Bess into the goal, the the A League Madness fight. You know, the Sydney FC. That that was that was, I believe, Steph to Bess. Yeah, Steph. Oh, was it? I thought it was Steph. To uh, Steph, because they're they'll Steph, Steph the left foot. handball, sorry. Yeah, yeah. to yeah. cross in. Mm. And then yeah, but then no, yeah. but then to Mitch, and then Mitch kicked it. No, 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 it was Steph to Bess. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. there you go. Steph to Bess. The whole and point Bish is... That Bish and Mona about handball. It was Steph the, ho- the whole point is... No, because it when went, it went to Steph, it crossed <laughs> into Mitch, <laughs> Mitch kicked it, kicked it, and that's when it deflected off Bess's head. Second question for the week. Anyway, it did. And anyway, the thing that I want to say about that is that who scored first in that match? It was, what's his name, Bridges, um, who never scores anything against anyone, except for that last season of Western Sydney Wanderers, don't pay attention to it. Um, and, 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 and that was that kind of thing, and we came home strong on that. We always do that. Mm. Cool. Brisbane's I don't know. What do you make of it? So far this Not se- that I like it, but... So far this season, we've had a lot of getting to the sheds at nil all. Teams are absorbing us. We are using our 90-minute um, fitness to be strong for that last bit. So we are absorbing a lot of pressure. We're taking a lot of pride in keeping clean sheets and keeping um, opportunities down. I think what this team is all about is the third and fourth quarter, if to, to use your AFL term. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're built around the second half now. It doesn't worry me at all. Um, we're also seeing it as a 27, maybe a 30-game season. So I think it's we're, we're seeing it as a marathon effort. I, I think it's a little bit frustrating, to be honest. Um, I, I think that, uh, to, to be fair... I'm just going to pull you up here. <laughs> to get my response. <laughs> because I just wanted to check what the camera was doing, and it looks like we're still filming, but well, I was a bit good. concerned that it was going to stop. Okay, edit that bit out. Finish your response. I think I'm, it's frustrating. 
It's uh, I I really wish that if, okay if they take some time to get going take some time to get going but don't make it thirty minutes. Mm. You know you, you, you had your analogy you know the the third and fourth quarter uh, with AFL. Christ, they need to be getting going in the second quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, that was just it was an example of just teams. But is it reflective of how the opposition are allowing us to be played? Well, at the same, well, that could be it too. I mean, other teams might think, you know, we'll go for gold at the start and try and break them down and, and catch them by surprise. Yeah, and we're struggling a little bit with that with that approach. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about predictions. Okay, right, sorry, oh, one, more question, one more question. One more question. Fourth, uh, fifth one from Warwick Betts. Is our defence the best we've ever had, Adam? One word answer. Very close. That's two words. Not quite. Anyway. Yeah, I can do it in a sentence. Not necessarily, but it is the most depth. Almost. Mm. There you go. So, okay, now let's talk about predictions versus Newcastle Jets. Um, anyone who wants to look up last week's thing, look it up last week. Yeah, no one got anything. Yeah. You got zero points last week, even my predictions. Newcastle yeah. Jets, predictions. Okay, I'm calling 2-1 to Brisbane. Yep, predictions. 1-0 to Brisbane. Yep, I'm going 3-0 to Brisbane. Who's the first goal scorer? Uh, I'm going to stick with Bruce. Enrique. Uh, I'm going to go with Bess. If he is not back, then Enrique. Um, Friday night, Hart versus Sydney. Saying one nil to heart. Sydney I'm expecting to lapse into a coma about 20 minutes into the game, but at 90 minutes it'll be Sydney one nil. I'm going heart one nil. 